Okay, I just feel like the way that we're recording just kind of implies that some bad news has happened. Because last last episode we were all like, we're physically in person, <laughs> back to it, baby. And then this episode, we're remote again. <laughs> oh, there is some bad news. I get tired easily and don't like to drive. <laughs> I feel that though. Look, here's, I mean, here's my big character development. I started taking Marta to work. That's my big thing. It's huge. That's it's huge for you. I love it for you. It's a big deal. So so I guess that has relevant context in that for those people who have not been to Atlanta or are not familiar with Marta, it has like a weird thing where it doesn't necessarily hit like the density of stops is not very high. So you kind of have to like find a way to get a route, but it's like kind of worth it also. Once you find it and find one that works for you, it works so well. Like that's how I used to get to just get to grad school and it was nice because I would just get to listen to a podcast and play a mobile game rather than having to deal with traffic. Yeah. So for me, it's really easy to figure out where to get off because my office is next to one of the stations. Oh. Yes. So that part's easy. So then Super the, simple for the you. hard part was for me is to figure out which station do I drive to in the morning From your house. and get on there. But yeah. it takes about the same amount of time on average and it's so much nicer to just chill out. But yeah, if you're listening to this and you're like, they sound different than they did last time. They're, Clearly recording remote. It's it's literally it's nothing to do. It's not like there's a fiftieth wave happening. No, right it's now. because I bought a new mic, so yes. I'm also recording remote on a different mic than I was recording. Before. Yeah, a better. Chris one. and Chris and Gabe just were like, "Hey, let's crush John's dreams of seeing his friends before he goes on That's vacation." Not what we did. Wait a second. <laughs> the reason, part of the reason I didn't feel bad about being like, "Oh, I did that." Is because I didn't know you were going on vacation. So I was like, oh, any any friend gatherings that happen for the remainder of the month, he's going to be there anyway. It's true. No, I will I will be at other gatherings. I'm just like, after we, we had like a the first party with a group of our friends. It was nice. In forever. It was very nice. And I've been riding that high of, yes, people. I need to see people. And, and now I'm just like, I'm like, huh, Chris hasn't been over. He still hasn't been able to finish Ted Lasso because he hasn't been to my house, which I've is where, the so only place busy. you can watch Ted Lasso. Oh, I will say, so busy. if you just want excuses to watch movies with friends, I definitely could. You you are among the people with whom I would start working through my mental backlog of movies. Some of them probably <laughs> coincide with the DVD collection. Quite uh, quite likely. It's quite likely. Yeah, I mean, just like statistically, <laughs> you have like 130 DVDs. This is Them's the Facts, a podcast where I watch every single movie in my movie. Wait. No. No. This is Them's <laughs> the Facts, a podcast about fun facts and lying to your friends. I'm John. I'm Gabe. I'm Chris. Do we want to get into it? I think we're we going can. straight for it. Chris Chris did say he wants to get to watch the Atlanta game. So. Yeah, I want to watch the Atlanta Hawks make uh, <laughs> I, I'm hope. Well, knock on wood. I want to watch them uh, make Spike Lee cry again. So Yes. It would be, it would be nice... To see them close out the series tonight. Love Spike Lee, the director. Hate Spike Lee, the basketball fan. Absolutely. People shouldn't be named Spike. Disappointed Spike Lee courtside is just a wonderful thing to see. Especially when it's at the Garden. Because Especially when like he actually bummed. cries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which he did in Atlanta twice. He cried both times. I love oh, it. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing that he's that Trey Young has done for our city. <laughs> I think I've cried in Atlanta at least twice. Happens to the best of us. Mm-hmm. All right, John Steinbeck wrote a werewolf murder mystery in nine days. Nine years before he wrote The Grapes of Wrath. Hmm. How old was he when he wrote The Grapes of Wrath? Is this teen fanfic by John Steinbeck? 
Well, I I mean, considering that he never wanted, he never published it, and his estate says that they're never going to publish it because he didn't want it published, it might be essentially teen fanfic. Well, like, because imagine he's imagine he's like twenty five when he writes the Graves of Wrath. Hypothetically, I don't know. You know, you don't want people to see what you wrote when you were sixteen. You definitely don't. Could be. I mean, I get that because I used to do NaNoWriMo, NaNoWriMo every year. So I have like, tw- and I finished it every year. So I have like 12 things I did when I was like from the ages of like 13 till recently. And I don't okay. want anybody to see the ones I did when I was a teenager. Chris like lot, likes to bust out these very impressive, very specific things that have happened to him or that he's done. And it's like not in like a flex way. It's like only when they're genuinely interesting anecdotes. But I'm beginning to think it's like Snapple Fact where one-tenth of them are made up. And no. he's not going to tell us what. <laughs> oh, yeah, I also realized that recently. We're just doing Snapple Facts. We've just been we doing Snapple, are doing facts, Snapple the facts I had this realization. I was like, how long could I? I'm going to tell you guys this now so you know I don't do it. I was like, I could start using the Snapple Facts and they would never know. That could be a new bit. We could just open a Snapple on the show. Yeah, because they do actually have, like, good flavors and shit. Like, I wouldn't mind having... I haven't drank one in, like, years and years and years, but it would be, it would be kind of fine. We could go for that Snapple sponsorship. I don't mind a peach Snapple. I could go for I a peach Snapple. I mo- think most peach beverages... Like, Have you ever had a peach-flavored beverage that was bad? I uh... think once at Zaxby's... And also, Chris doesn't like peaches, so... I don't so, mind them as flavors and things. Mm. Is it just the texture of the actual fruit? Well, you know, people kept yelling at me to eat an actual peach, so I didn't. It wasn't that great. So, Have you eaten one in season? I don't know what season is. It's it's peach season now. If get one from... I'm going to get some from a farmer's market and bring one directly to you. I'll just go get one from DeKalb. No, I mean... <clears throat> you know what I mean by this. Whatever. Listen, Decatur First Baptist does a farmer's market every Wednesday. They always have Georgia peaches there. I'm telling you, you get that. It's the freshest you can get it. They're always, like, perfect and ready to go. It's delicious. It's delicious. It kind of makes you understand what Spanky Gaspacho was talking about in the mango cult question on Mabim Bam. Gaspacho's a a hell of a word. But but I don't want to get too far off here. I've been craving gazpacho, actually. Unrelated, unrelated, but I, I have been craving ain't gazpacho. gazpacho. Those things you wear when it's raining outside. Yeah. Sorry, but it'll only ever make me think of Chef Gazpacho. Hey, that should be a band name, Gazpacho. Gazpacho. That's pretty good. Yeah, that, that would have to be a song title on like a really silly type of like post-hardcore album, like, you know, the type. <laughs> or the next, the next album by Chris's metal band whose name I forget even though they're one of my favorite things to listen to and I feel really bad right now. Well, that I mean, the problem is there's like two things that could be, so I don't know which one you're talking about. Uh, the, the one that's active. Oh, well, no. That would never make sense for that band. It's too silly. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's the problem. Like That's like a I Dance could, Gavin Dance name. I was going to mm-hmm. say, I can make it do a Dance Gavin Dance lyric. It would just be, put on your ponchos, it's raining gazpacho. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes! That would be the Dance Gavin <laughs> Dance That's lyric. a John Mess line easily. <laughs> What can I say? Also, that would be such a rough situation. It's raining gazpacho. just got all over you. <laughs> God. Notice Chris hasn't said the name of his band. It is making me sweat over here. What and is this gazpacho? It. Yeah, I know. That's the whole fun of it. I'm I feel terrible. What's in gazpacho? I feel fucking terrible. What's, What's in it? Cold What's soup made of raw blended vegetables. Yeah, uh, typically tomatoes, cucumbers, sometimes onions, but it's 
It's nice. It was really, really. It's really, really good. Look, I'm gonna say something that's gonna make you mad. I, I'm looking at a picture of Portuguese gazpacho. This, it's, it's just pico de gallo. Okay, you're looking at Portuguese gazpacho. It just looks like pico de gallo. Is it blended? I'm actually gonna take a different angle on this. Is it blended? Is that bad? No, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it looks like pico de gallo. Okay, it's not blended though. It's Spanish gazpacho is blended, and that. And chilled, and it is great if you're walking around in Granada on like a Saturday night, and the heat is just really getting to you, and you're trying to meet up with your friends at this restaurant that was rated the best in the city, but you know you just need a snack on the way there, and you need to cool off, and you miss your friends who are back on the other side of the ocean, and you just want to vibe for a minute, but you don't want alcohol. What you want is basically tomato juice. With other flavors. Sometimes this I is, get that feeling, but I want tomato paste, and then I eat it out of the jar. This is nuanced V8. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. That Yes. Anybody, yes, actually. Anybody, anybody besides me really like tomato paste? I love tomato paste. I hate paste. it, actually. I like it as a flavor component of stuff. I can eat it with a spoon out of the jar. I don't care. I I don't know. I'm a, I, I'm more of a it's tube so guy good. when it comes to tomato paste. I like a tube. It lasts longer. You know but, what? what? No, time out. What recipe calls for a fraction of a can of tomato paste? There is not one. Most recipes. That's Most, like, actually Italian recipes. Okay. What recipe that's good or useful? I'm going to fight you. <laughs> I'm going to fight you, Chris. If a recipe says, like, six ounces of tomato paste, that really means put the whole can. If a rec- Okay, but no, no, but you know what this is good for? A lot of these recipes are like start with this amount of tomato paste and then add it in as you see necessary. See, I and that's what that. the tube is good Wait for. Wait a minute, Chris. I just put the can. You use twice you, as much tomato it paste. It gets so thick. I know. Why I would love you it. want your sauce that thick? Because I wait, love wait, 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 wait. I got it's, one. It, it's gonna be. It's just gonna be on top of your pasta. It's not even gonna bond to it. Most people say when I re- kind of what Chris is saying about tomato paste, right? Where he just uses twice as much, uses the whole thing. A lot of people say that about garlic, right? Or onion, yeah. right? Just throw it all in there. Chris does that with chicken breast too, right? He'll just put twice as much chicken. He just loves his chicken. Chris, I think you're just making twice as much food. I do. I I, I think you're just doubling the recipe. My my yeah, meal that's, app. That's my it. meal app. My setting is for serves four, serves three. That's what I do. I cook I for mean, three. Boy. There you go. You get three servings. Look, you know what I did the other day. I'm not proud of it, but I'm also not ashamed of it. When I went to Kroger, and I bought the thing they have that's called Power Greens, which is the container of salad that is I respect I respect power greens it's, it's got like it's kale chard and yeah. uh, spinach and some carrots in there right good combos but good it's, combo. a, it's a one pound box I will I'm gonna be straight with you on Tuesday I took that box and I put a pound of chicken on top of it and then I put dressing on it and I just ate the box that's awesome what what no kind shame. of dressing what kind of dressing uh, that day that day it was uh it, oh that was when I had the homemade uh, like a sesame ginger thing that Ooh, I made myself. Yeah, yeah, says, yeah. That's that slaps actually. This actually just sounds good. But I ate like I basically ate two pounds of salad for lunch because yeah, it was I a pound of green and a pound of chicken. That's. I just I'm just thinking Our about greens. salad by the pound now, and that's got to be so much fucking salad because. I want to. Oh, it takes a, a lot of greens to get to a pound. It is. Start it a was a lot of salad. That's called salad by the pound, and it's Ooh. styled like these disgusting ass places that are like like Heart Attack Grill or whatever. But it's like all tongue in cheek because it's just a ton of salad. <laughs> what oh about? Could you eat a sandwich? This will clean you out. <laughs> could you eat a sandwich? And then we should get back to the fact. Can you eat a sandwich that is uh, 
The buns are just big croutons, and the inside is salad. Yeah. That's a toasted I think sandwich. That's right? a BLT. No. This is Think different. about it. Think about it. I did, and then I realized it was wrong. No, because I want the if bread to be extra the same. lettuce on a BLT. No, I want you the toasted the crouton, the the, the bread more. <laughs> you can't just toast it. You got to nuke it. It's got to be a crouton. No, okay. You realize croutons are basically just toasted, right? They're covered with oil, and then you throw I know, it. But into... toasting bread's not the same. It depends. It but depends I'm saying on you okay. could you could you could croutonify the slices of bread. Right, croutonify is a good word. Are you gonna Are you going for the consistency of say a Ruby Tuesday crouton? Or a consistent. Why would he know that offhand? Why would I know what a Ruby I know Tuesday... that offhand because I actually love Ruby Tuesday's croutons. They're insanely good. What I love is the croutons that I make when I make a salad. Okay, well, that's really Can cool I for you. Do something unusual and ask a fact related question? Yeah, let's yes. Wait, okay, did John sure. Steinbeck die? Like, what, when was he active? Like, I'm trying to. Can okay, we look that so up? I actually looked this up. Grapes of Wrath was uh, written by John, was published in 1939. So, wait, is this the same guy that did, no, wait, this is not the same person that did Mice and Men, right? That's someone else, right? No, he did Of Mice and Men. Also? Red okay. Pony, East of, East of Eden, Tortilla Flat, Cannery Row. And Graves, Graves, of, Wrath. Graves of Wrath? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I was making sure I wasn't crazy. He died, in, he was born in 02, died in 68. And uh, let's see. He was born in 2002, time-traveled, died in 1968. Exactly. No, he died in 2068. The Graves of Wrath hasn't come out yet. Whoa. We're not supposed to talk about it on the podcast. We have <laughs> inside info. Um, John Stobbeck went back in time, killed JFK. Became uh, JFK. Became JFK. And then died. <laughs> and that was the JFK you know of that got assassinated. Mm-hmm. Um, then came back to life and lived for five more years. See, that yeah, would make me hiding. believe it more because I, I could believe that John F. Kennedy wrote werewolf fan fiction. No, that's but actually... this, this is not about John F. Kennedy's werewolf fan fiction. But we already established which, that John which, as we know, back listen, in time. I've been to the I've been to the Emory archives. I've seen John F. Kennedy's werewolf fan fiction. <laughs> John That's actually uh, the secret that the government keeps is that like the F in John F. Kennedy stands for John Steinbeck. Well, they were so worried John F. Kennedy's werewolf fan fiction would get out. That's why the CIA had him killed because they yeah. could not they could not let that happen. There was some now, really intense howling at the moon in there. Some might say that Marilyn Monroe's death was in fact staged because she had memorized quite a bit of John <laughs> F. Kennedy's werewolf fan fiction. I think we finally cracked it. This is our true crime true crime podcast. I uh, I John Lycanthrope Kennedy. I hey. believe this, and I think I believe this partially because all writers have to have that phase. No, no good writer just tumbles out of the womb writing the Grapes of Wrath at age 20, 30, 40. They, they have to write bad fan fiction when they're a teen. It builds character. I, so he would have been a teen when this happened? No. No, no so but, but, but people mature at different rates in his 20s. He would have been, 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 been in his 20s, probably. That's okay. I think, huh. I think motherfuckers got to write bad stuff before they write good stuff like i think i could believe it i think it's fun i think it's fun i like to imagine that uh i like to imagine that he put werewolves in everything and they edited it out they had to edit it out of all of his also this guy clearly likes animals think about how many animals are mentioned in the mice and men not a, not a lot it's well, not the end not, the scene at the end where he dies is talking about rabbits that was the thing about the rabbits mice is in the title they go to like a barn and shit they probably take care of a bunch of animals man clearly loves his animals I don't know. I think I'll 
like it's fun, but is the man who is known for the nuance of portraying life in America during the Dust Bowl, specifically in California, known for portraying abject po- abject poverty, but also able to portray uh, mental illness, the necessities of death and life? I think Would all those he... things are common to werewolves. Fair. Yeah, and, and they love grapes. <laughs> no, I actually. Let's think about this for a second, because werewolves are half wolves. Wolves are canines. Canines are very allergic to grapes. They would actually hate grapes, most likely. The dogs? Oh, yeah, dogs can't eat grapes. Dogs grapes are very eat. poisonous. So werewolves probably are very allergic to grapes. Actually allergic to grapes. Mm. Maybe there were werewolves in Grapes of Wrath. I haven't read it, actually. So I, there could be for all I know. I mean, I've seen the Henry Fonda picture. It's very good. He's very good in that. Hey, apropos of nothing. That's a great werewolf. Is this something? Be werewolf. Uh, that's a post-hardcore title again. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Like, turn to page three hundred ninety-four. <laughs> Prisoner, Prisoner of Azkaban was on TV over the weekend. <laughs> All right, I think I, Chris, do you have your answer? You... I said it. I said it's true. So All you right. guys are both going true. Yeah. I think yeah, he wrote it's... a whole series. Well, he didn't write a whole series, but he did write this, and it's never going to be published. Why? Sadly. Really? So, uh, okay. Basically, some scholars think it should be published. Because they're like, why wouldn't we want a complete novel by one of the best-known, most widely read American writers of the 20th century? It gives us a kind of Steinbeck we never had. But the literary agency that's in charge of Steinbeck's estate told the newspaper that since Steinbeck chose not to publish the novel during his lifetime, it would not send the book to print. The company said it was wrong to consider Murder at Full Moon, which is the name of the type of the novel. Which Wait, is it was great called what exactly? Murder, Murder at Full, Full Moon. Moon which oh, is that's a pretty good. Great title. Oh man! Okay. Apparently, academics are able to study it because it's in the archives at UT Austin, but it just can't be published. He's too embarrassed. So I'm I guess we've got to all like enroll Petition. at UT Austin. We got to all enroll at UT Austin. Yeah. To get our MFA. Very tracked Austin. So that we, God damn it, Gabe. That was where I went immediately. But I hear UT. That's all I can. It just auto completes. Who's next? I'm next. You ready for mine? I'm ready. Here's mine. <clears throat> Rick Astley and his producer got the idea for the song "Never Gonna Give You Up" after they attended a wedding together and noticed that the groom's wedding vows rhymed. That's mine. Can I? That song is kind of good, right? It's not awesome. like incredible, but it's good. Yeah. No, that song is incredible, and you that, take that back. This, the song is freaking great. It's just became ubiquitous, and the music video is yeah something. You gotta you like know? you gotta like remove yourself from what the zeit, what the zeitgeist has it, it and just listen to it, and you realize it's actually amazing. Oh, I, I have. Yeah, it's actually like it's a pretty good pop song. I mean, it I, was literally a it was the number one song in the world. I will say, was Rick Astley's voice is very easily meme- memeable just because of. The way, that, the way that he hits tones is yeah, a little walk and And so do I. He's like, and so do I. <laughs> he does, like, it's weird. Like, he is a good singer, but in a very strange, but, it's, like, it, in a He's kind of got, like, well, he's like, kind of got, like, that Al Jarreau and Aaron Neville thing going on. Do you know what I'm talking about, Chris? Al Glad Jarreau. you didn't ask me, because I don't know. Like, where Aaron Neville's kind of up here. And Al Jarreau, he has a similar vocal trend. Where, <laughs> like, 
<laughs> what is this podcast? Become? Quick, quick, everyone, done? everyone impersonate a singer. No, I'm just kidding. Let's not. Um. So, what do you guys think? Hmm. I think it's a cheesy ass song. It, it like it's it's fun. It's good to listen to. My ears like it, but it's cheesy as fuck. We say noticed that the groom's wedding vows rhymed. rhymed yes, he knew. He wrote those. He definitely no, no, no. knew. They were they were at the wedding and no, they I know noticed. this groom. It's did it on must purpose, have done yes. that on purpose. I don't know. Maybe I, so. Rick Astley was like, up is basically just this guy's wedding vows. Like, no, yeah, well, the, Rick Astley was like, "This is my kind of cheese." We're not yeah. saying that. We're saying like they noticed the what what vow whatever vows he was right, saying, right, right. Rhymed. I'm just saying like. It's. It, I, it almost felt like it was presented as though they were like, "Wow, he accidentally wrote rhyming wedding vows." That's so cute. It's like top ten wedding moments. Top ten wedding betrayals. I think top ten wedding moments would have to include the light bulb over Rick Astley's head that led to never. <laughs> that is historically it, 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 I th- It's literally historically significant. Right. Top ten wedding moments: Chris's bandmate Derek yelling "dance motherfuckers." <laughs> oh yeah, in the that middle of. Happen. I was gonna say when John and Bethany both used Naruto without knowing it. <laughs> That's Listen, that, that was pretty wild. Or <laughs> the phone thing where it was where oh, you were like you have God. to hold my phone and if it locks you're like fuck. That's both top ten moments and top ten betrayals because I inherently betrayed you. I, kind I, of. John betrayed me, yeah, for sure. I yeah. think <laughs> that is some of the worst. Like just just describing that to somebody would give them anxiety, like like make them nervous. It was awesome. Chris it was had just, a lot of stuff happen to him at that wedding. It was a lot. It was just, John's aunt looked at me while we were praying, like I was like breaking so many rules, and I was like, "You're looking at me too, so like, you know, <laughs> you're not you're, you're sinning too, <laughs> like whatever." That wedding was probably like I haven't been that level of drunk until the first party we threw after COVID, basically. Yeah, good I, character arc. apparently you were actually pretty drunk at some point. I, I had to kind of not drink a ton and leave the reason fun because I drove there myself. Um, but like, I, I kind of knew I was like, everyone's going to go for it. Like, no one's seen each other for God knows how long. This is this is it, man. This is it. Let's do it. Um. Okay. The problem is, I don't know enough about Rick Astley's catalog. Nobody does. To know if this is reflective of his writing process. Well, because I only know this song. How about I give you this? That was his first thing. That was his first big hit. No, that was his debut. Oh. Oh. So, never going to give you up. The only song anyone knows by Chris Astley. That's not true, but okay. The only song this podcast, other than maybe Chris, knows. by Rick Astley. Do you know any other Rick Astley songs, Chris? Uh Yeah, okay. Point. Well, I know the name of his second album was Hold Me Hold Me in Your Arms, I think. Or Hold Me. It was either Hold Me or Hold Me in Your Arms. And then there's mm. a song on it about that, dancing. There's a song about she dances or she with This me guy has a two hundred word vocabulary. <laughs> God. No, wait. I do know one other Rick Astley song because he covered a Temptation song. I just can't a cover which one. doesn't count. It should count. Do it covers d- count if they chart? Because I'm sure it charted. Okay, if it if it if it went number one, I think it counts. 
But if also, it's when a cover like that goes number one, then so it you're saying like that Hurt version. by Johnny Cash is not. A no, I think that that's okay. Actually, hurt, Hurt counts. I was actually going to yeah. say that I think the other circumstance where it counts is when, um, when you have a Hurt-like situation where the original artist says that this is now the definitive version. Like as much as that's a meme, that did happen, right? Like yeah, yeah. Even though he does still end his concerts with Hurt, but I get it. You know, deeply personal song. Yeah. For whoever sings it. It's like, uh, I'm trying to think. I'm like, is there, I'm trying to think of other songs that have like, I I mean, obviously, Sinead O'Connor did Nothing Compares to You. And that, I wouldn't say it became the definitive version of the song, but it did define her career in a way. I think there are a lot of these situations, like covers that are the definitive version that we don't know. Like it are not that it's like lost to history, but most people wouldn't know off the top of their head, and we aren't thinking of because like it's just so. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of songs where you're like, "Oh, this used to kind of be where like everyone would do one in like the twenties, oh. and now like there's just one version that's stuck." Or like, well, I mean, I think about Proud Mary. You know, that's like it's it's a Creedence Clearwater Revival song, but Tina Turner owns that song. You know, mm. we're forgetting mm. we're forgetting like. The three big ones. One is all along the watchtower. Oh well, yeah, of course. Well, I mean, I was gonna get to that. All along the, t- I'm. Can I be honest? All, I was. I just rewatched Crossroads, the episode of Battlestar Galactica that is like built around a cover of All Along the Watchtower, and that that is the song that awakened into me. I was like, oh, covers can be very, very, very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um. All along the watchtower, yes. What's the, what's your others? Uh, I'll give you a hint. Let's see if you get it. Female vocalist covering a song by another female vocalist. Oh yeah, that's a pretty wide love net you. to cast. I will always love you. Yep, there you go. John yeah. Oh, okay. No, definitive. Um, yeah. Are one you more? Gonna... You want one more? Let's let's give let's get one more. Give me I, give me the hint. And I'll I have a sneaking it. suspicion what you're gonna say. Uh, it's it's not. A religious song. No. But the title would lead you to think it might could be. Okay, never mind. Is it Hallelujah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because everybody well, that, knows. That's, that one's difficult. But everybody everybody knows the Jeff Buckley version. I don't think everybody knows the Leonard. Leonard I thought Leonard you were going to say. I was going to say Leonard gonna... Nimoy. <laughs> Leonard Cohen version. Well, I will, I will say I feel like a lot more people know the Rufus Wainwright version as the definitive version than you do. That, that, than we think do like oh, I feel like too. our group our group knows Jeff Buckley all right but also that's because Buckley's else, awesome yeah it's freaking great also another example of a great season ending episode that ended with a cover do you remember that episode of the West Wing where, where Mark Harmon yeah I just don't remember what it was yeah it's Hallelujah oh they played thought... they played they play Hallelujah as they're arriving oh, yeah. at the scene I thought that the it's, third um... <sighs> song we're going to mention um i thought you were going to do a bit like a rule of threes bit where the third one was going to be the alien ant farm cover of smooth criminal <laughs> that one is good though it is like, it is actually a good cover Very i just good. wouldn't it's say it's cover. like a definitive version or anything like that there, there are people that ha- that did think that though so like it's, it's a good cover mm-hmm. I'll, I'll allow it you it, know it introduced me to the song smooth criminal to be yeah clear. And then, and and ironically, nobody really knows anything else about that band. I certainly don't. Alien Ant Farm. Correct. I think they're Australian, but that might just be because their name sounds kind of like Australian. No, they're American. 
They're from California, wow. which is, is basically Australia. Yeah, definitely. Did That's you, definitely you, true. Did you know? Did I know what? First of all, their first album was called Greatest Hits. <laughs> There's a, wait, but that, no, was that's it all a covers? Thing. Was it all uh, covers? The band uh, Remo Drive, they did that. They have an out. Their first album was called Greatest Hits. That's uh, such a funny joke to do. I think I, love I that. don't. I don't know what's on it. Let me. Look. It, it doesn't even have a Wikipedia article, so I don't know. Then their second album was called Anthology, but the Ant is capitalized. <laughs> Anthology. Then their third album was called was called Truant. But the ant is capitalized. No, that you can't do that bit more than once. Otherwise, it's too cheesy. I think they I, stopped after that. Was the Smooth Criminal cover on one of the ant-themed albums? No, Smooth Criminal is on Greatest Hits. Oh, oh wow! They really came right out the gate with that one. Okay, I don't know why I thought they were Australian. I, it's just so funny to me. I also just really? love this. I love this sentence. In 2000, after they forged a friendship with the band Papa Roach, Alien Ant Farm signed God. with DreamWorks. They're both bug-themed bands. <laughs> it's so good. Oh my God. They bonded over their mutual over love. Their bug themes. Oh, yeah, they bonded over their mutual. What's like oraxes? So what do you? <laughs> I think one of those body parts only bugs. <laughs> They just love those little ex- exoskeletal guys. Yeah, there you go. Exoskeletons. They love, they love all the shenanigans they get into. All their little arthropods, fine by them. <laughs> Spiders, though. Uh-uh. Get arachnids out of here. What's, um, what what's do you guys that? think? <laughs> what was the fact? I, I, I don't remember. I was, I was, uh, Rick Ashley the, wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We, yeah. I... Mm, Never gonna give you up seems too formulaic to have actually been inspired by anything. I actually think I agree with that. I, I couldn't put it into words, but like I kind of felt like that—that's what it is. I—I'm I, gonna go false with John. I'm gonna go down with the ship here. I think. Are you both going false? I'm gonna go false. I'm gonna go false. Yeah, I'm it's probably false. wrong. It's false. Oh, it's false! Oh, I did it. It, I it, did it, it has no origin. They just wrote it. Yeah, oh. I mean that's how pop songs tend to come about. <laughs> yep. The only All thing right. that's important to know is it was on a DX7, and that rules, because DX7s are am- are awesome. Aren't those still in use? Yeah, because they're amazing. Like, nice what else job. do you need to know? Whoever made the DX7. The Yamaha. DX7 is There's like the, one of the. It's one of the best. It's one of the best synthesizers ever. Now, is it a synthesizer that if you bought it might still have drugs on it? Um. Kind All of synthesizers maybe, could have drugs. It's like a mm-hmm. 80s synth, so not as much. Probably so also one LSD, of the most but de- likely but Definitely cocaine. Y- yes. Does that absorb through your fingers, though? Like, yeah. Oh, oh, cocaine? No. I don't yeah. think so. I mean, well, if I want to buy a cocaine-filled synthesizer, I'm going to have to go to them's the ads. I hear So I have been reading a lot of books this year, and I am always looking for a good way to find a good deal on a book. Maybe I want it used, or maybe I'm looking for a book that's kind of out of print right now. And, you know, I don't want to go through maybe some of the big companies because, you know, we we know there are issues there. A good way to do the opposite would be to go to Abe Books 
ABooks is an online marketplace that lists millions of new, used, rare, and out-of-print books and other collectible items. So they connect you with thousands of professional booksellers in more than 50 countries worldwide. So if you want to check it out, you can go to affiliates.abebooks.com ppn. That's A-F-F-I-L-I-A-T-E-S dot A-B-E-B-O-O-K-S dot com slash P-P-N. Hi, I'm Brittany, and I have a bachelor's degree in film and television. And I'm Jessica, and I have a bachelor's degree in equine studies. What would happen if we put our heads together? We would come up with the new best worst horse movie. Like a movie where a horse is the best hard-boiled detective the city has ever seen. Or a movie where horses are fighting in the front lines in a space war. We're doing just that here at Colt Classics, a new show on the Pocket Podcast Network. Join us every other Monday for good horses, bad plots, and all the bad horse movies you never knew you needed in your life okay this is a fun one for you so is it the, is it fun i think it's fun okay uh yeah the the first time at, at least recordedly in recorded history that um that a group of people from england met a group of people from japan and by a group i mean like a a decent group of like ordinary people after like initial contacts had been made and, and government officials had spoken and so on. The first time there was such a meeting, the Japanese had already invented the disposable tissue, but the English had not. And the group of Englishmen in fascination with this would pick up the used tissues of the Japanese people off of the ground to figure out what the deal was with them. With all, with the snotty tissues and all. And they would inspect them. Hmm. So I'm going to draw my vast... Wait, when would this have been? I need to remember because I was actually surprised by the year. It was like 15 or 16 something, yeah, I Yeah, I was going to say yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't would be, be until the, the 16s or so. Yeah. I Well, I don't know. I just... I kind of always assumed that that contact had been made earlier somehow. I don't, I don't know why well, I would have thought that. It's the interesting thing where like, you have to remember like the, the samurai age is like a lot... More earlier. recent than you think. Longer and earlier than you think it is, actually. Also, like... And how it was just at that level for a very long time. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, you have to... The thing I was thinking about recently was, like, if you wanted to travel internationally, like, intercontinentally, prior to the invention of the airplane, you have to take a fucking boat. Think about how it's, long that takes. Or you walk. Now I'm just thinking about how Yojimbo... Yeah. A main plot point of Yojimbo is that one of them has a revolver. It's a good fucking movie. You're saying there's a samurai movie that intersects with the invention of the gun? Multiple. Kurosawa had guns yeah, in a easily. few of his movies. Yeah, right. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yojimbo's just such a good fucking movie, like, though. Okay, let me think for a second. Would <sighs> they have had tissues, really? Uh, I'm not sure if they would have. I, I know there was like a lot of like parchment and stuff, but I just don't think they... A disposable tissue, I just don't think it would. It was that easy to manufacture paper like that. I mean, it would have been really coarse and shitty, and I know that there was, like, silk available in Japan for, like, handkerchiefs and stuff. Yeah, I'm wondering. That's what I'm thinking. Like, I don't... It took a long time before people were able to make not paper you write on. Yeah. Honestly, in terms of it being coarse and shitty, even if that's true, I feel like you would still use it if you hadn't, like, used a tissue before. Like... You ever blow your nose in a paper towel? It's not bad enough that you wouldn't that you would 
not use those as tissues if it was the only tissues. Bold of you to assume I've ever blown my nose. Why would you never have blown your nose? I don't know. I just don't yeah, kind do of it. It's dark. Your, your, your mucus is, just behaves too well. I guess. I don't know. I just don't really. When you need to clear to. your nose, you just tell the mucus to liquefy and then it just pours out. Do it no, with your I, just, I just never get stuffy. It's that easy. You know what I used to do sometimes? I've start... seen you get. Wait, your allergy reactions tend to be watery eyes. Yep. Mm. You know what I like mm. to do to um, clear my sinuses if I have a cold? Uh, snort chili garlic sauce. That's like a quarter of the way there. Honestly. Eat wasabi. That's ninety percent of the way there. Uh, eat an entire wasabi. spoonful of horseradish. Oh, well, that'll yeah, do it. That'll, that'll do that, it. That'll do it. And it tastes good. I always liked uh, making something in like a skillet with something like chili garlic sauce, and then putting my face over it. Mm. That gets me if I feel stuffy. I'll make like a. I mean, even if I'm just making like uh, an amatriciana sauce, there's a phase of that where you do just saute a bunch of cracked pepper in bacon grease and it's just oh that's good stuff oh yeah it's the very oh, that's, good stuff that's something i discovered on my own but that apparently is like it i'm nowhere near the first person to think of this it's just like something i didn't was never told you make bacon and eggs you cook the eggs in the bacon grease yeah 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 so much better i don't do that i believe i'm a i'm a butter on my eggs kind of guy I eggs like going butter food. I just it's just I like an not, olive oil it's egg. not for me. I'm a I'm well also you don't eat red meat anymore. I meant the olive oil thing is not for me. Uh I'm a, I'm an olive oil fan. I don't like how it gets all crispy. Same thing happens with olive oil. I like a bouncy egg. Oh you 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 want your egg to be nice and bouncy. I like a I like a lacy edges but like a nice runny yolk in the middle. Okay. That's that's ideal for me. I Thinking about eggs now. I just I have so, bacon I put, and eggs. I'm off tomorrow because of my vacation. Whoa. Bethany is also off tomorrow. Yeah, y'all should make yourself like a good. Bacon. Make some fucking bacon and eggs. What I've yeah. really gotten into lately is I like to put like some maple turkey breast in my eggs and some sofrito. Oof. <sighs> Oof. Okay, I'm gonna say something controversial. No, you're not. I don't get. I don't. I'm starting to understand a little bit. But I don't really like sweet cold cuts. That's no, this is a thing. I have a friend who hates ham because or that's like, usually how it is. See, that's the thing too. I don't like much American ham because it's all sugar cured. Give me a Spanish ham. Give me an Italian ham. Something that's I been, like, still want to try that. I'm talking about you brought up as a fact on the show how expensive. It was. How many I, like, I like I like yeah. I like maple turkey and eggs because I think it mellows it out. Eggs don't need mellowing. They're they already do. mellow. No, they need some mellowing. What are you talking about? This is like when people say eggs are the most mellow spicy. thing in the world. That's not true. I think the they're, most they're mellow one tier thing from the... the bottom of most mellow, but well on that end, like, like something that's like pH like ten seven? instead of twelve. You forgot about water. I'm t- in terms of proteins. No, in no, terms no. of proteins, it's tofu. It is tofu. You're right. Shit. Yeah. But no, but it's, it's close tofu after and that. then no, 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 no. Okay, here we go. The mellow proteins is tofu and then it's unseasoned chicken. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> unseasoned chicken is rough. Even just salt and pepper chicken. <laughs> salt and pepper chicken is there. No, salt and pepper chicken, if you salt it enough and put enough pepper on it, can be absolutely delicious. I'm not saying it's not delicious. I'm saying it's mellow. Yeah, I know. You have to give in to that one. Okay. 
I think that is mellow, even if it's delicious. Unseasoned chicken is mellow, but just bad. It's just one of the worst foods. Well, I think because it's, I think the badness of it cuts off the mellowness in a way. It's because too if I in eat your unseasoned face how chicken, bad it is. It's, I'm just going to be like, oh, God, this is disgusting, you know? Oh, you know what I did? Yeah, here's what I'll do. Well, you do. You'll hate this. Here's what I do sometimes. If I really need a quick something, you just open a can of chicken. You've talked about this. <laughs> Wait, I do that with tuna. You open a can of chicken, you salt and pepper and some whatever else on it, stir it around, just eat it. I do that with tuna, yeah. It's a nice little I mean, quick protein snack. I mean, that's basically chicken salad. Yeah. Kind of. They don't. I'm not putting any mayonnaise in it. I'm just eating. You don't. Candy. You don't have to. You can do that. Mayonnaise isn't good for you. Good. But it's delicious. Mayonnaise I think is it's delicious. Mayonnaise, Great value I think it's delicious mixed into things. I don't like it as a condiment though. I like it mixed with ketchup specifically. I love My mayonnaise. I could eat mayonnaise by the spoon if it's Dukes. Otherwise, Depends. I was gonna say, didn't you say you really like Dukes? If it was Dukes, or I, if no, I made no. it myself, it's not that I really like Dukes. It's that all the other brands of mayo are terrible. And Don't Dukes you make your own good. mayo? No. Yeah. I make my own he, sriracha mayo. No, ask John because he said if I make it myself. Yeah, I've made my own mayo. But usually, but usually I'm making it as a component in something else. So like right. to make Caesar salad dressing, I'll make my own mayo. Though lately I've been making a mayo that a Caesar salad dressing that like mixes in all the Caesar components at the beginning as you're making the mayo. So in a way it is still a mayo. The only but. vote of confidence Duke's mayo needs is that it's at the DeKalb Farmer's Market. That's all you need right there. That tells you everything you need to know. All food there? No. no. They don't have many brand names. Oh, really? That's one of the very I few will brand say, names. I there. will say their dried pasta is very disappointing. Uh, I have not had good experiences with their dried pasta. Like, their, I don't think their I've fresh pasta, pasta there. Their fresh pasta, on the other hand, slaps. What was Gabe's fact again? Um, that the first time British and Japanese citizens met each other, the Japanese had invented the tissue and British people were just like, holy crap, and started picking up snotty tissues. I, I just feel think like, this, I, I feel like I they need machines. To make I, a tissue? I feel like... Look, my no, dad like makes paper for a living, okay? I feel like there's some technology they could have used, but I just don't... To make a tissue that is well that actually do, functions well and like absorbing mucus, I just don't think... I just don't think so. I don't believe this one. All right, Chris. Yeah, I'm gonna go no because I think. Look, my dad makes paper for a living. Okay. I've been around paper my whole life. I just don't think he could do it. He always complains about how hard the tissue paper machines are to get to work. So that just makes me think it's impossible if you don't have a machine. So that's okay. I'm gonna say false. Y'all ready? Yes. As far as I understand, this is true. Hmm. Hmm. Which is to say that I. Which is to say that it's true. I just haven't gone deep and checked the person's source, but it's mm. not like a bullshitter. Like a little um, asterisk. But here but it was I was this was from a history podcast that I was listening to last night and they like it was like quoting a guy who wrote about this first meeting and was literally like they have paper that they use to blow their nose and the people are so fascinated by it that they go and pick it up. Like hmm. I don't know any more about what type of paper it was, though, or what the manufacturing Holy was. crap. Japanese tissue paper is a handmade paper. The inner bark of the kozo plant is harvested in the fall and the spring, with material from the fall harvest being considered better quality. Huh. It was, as I'll tell you the context in which I heard this, was as part of the story of Hasakura Suninaga, who is the first kind of, kind of the first Japanese ambassador 
in this time that existed as a result of this, or like that really that that uh, facilitated this meeting, and um, and apparently this was something yeah like 1600s ish. Let's see, he was born in 1571. Um, like facilitated this meeting, and and this was like one of the British guys like observations of it was the Japanese had tissues. People were just picking up gross ass used tissues to figure out what they were, which I. I really cannot imagine because, like, I, I'm kind of grossed out by my own used tissues. Like, I'll blow my nose and, like, try to get rid of it as fast as I can. Yeah. Facial tissue has been used for centuries in Japan in the form of washi, or Japanese tissue as described in the 17th century European account. They blow their nose in soft, silky papers the size of a this hand, is, which they the, never use the twice. So they throw them on the ground after usage, and they were delighted to see our people around them precipitate themselves to pick them up. Holy shit. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it's so cool. So That's crazy. wild. Yeah. It's so weird how even back then white people I were feel so like I stupid. need to decolonize my mind a little bit now, actually. What? Because you... I just... Honestly, that's a... I always assumed that everybody had the tissue for a long time. Right? I, I just like, assumed it's not it was that a, crazy of an idea. Uh, it's not the idea of it. For me, it was just... A, it's very much a machined paper. So, or, like, no, the, or, or, the only but, two options the, are you need the machine or you have to spend, like, hours making it by hand. Okay, but their tissues aren't Kleenex. They're more like tissue paper. Also, that's the thing that it is. So that's, yeah. So we're, we're thinking about tissues in our modern Western paradigm. Aren't all thus, tissues... We're, our, our minds are too colonized, no, Chris. Wait. Well, so it sounds like they're using, like, what what I think of as, like, what you put in a... What you put in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a gift, gift bag. bag. Yeah. Chris, you're thinking of it as manufactured paper because... All paper has been manufactured for no, our but like, entire like, lifetime. Tissue paper is hard to make. That's what I'm saying. Compared well, apparently to like, this, this involves like being boiled in lye for an hour. Exactly, yeah. It's yeah. not that's, easy that's to make. That's the other thing is Making I have to flexible imagine. paper used to be very hard. Now I feel like I yeah. need to buy artisan tissues. Well, so, so this is actually the, this kind of tracks as like. No more money to big paper. It's too bad. It's too bad like COVID is kind of ending because that, that could have been your big. You could have gotten really into making artisan paper. You're, oh, you're like, you're like. Quarter life COVID crisis could have been to. Yes, and then I would have been canceled because I would have been appropriating Japanese arts. No, you wouldn't have have even had access to the same tree. You would have had to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Magnolia paper, perhaps. That would have been pretty sick. Ooh. It's like, now that I'm thinking about this, right? Even if it was hard as fuck to manufacture these, the people who were the ones chosen to go on this trip probably would have been kind of rich. They could afford the tissues. That's the other thing I was thinking. It feels like it's a rich person thing, like a noble's had it yeah and also that paragraph kind of implies that they don't use trash cans like neither group of people had seen a trash can before which is like even weirder to think about not really i don't think trash was a thing for a long time that's another weird thing to think about yeah what trash was there banana peels but but that's not trash that's not that's compost hmm like yeah. what, what 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 trash was there? That's a very interesting question. At what point do you think we started making trash? Yeah, what what point did it not become just I think it's got to be like the industrial revolution. Yeah. yeah. I think you're right cuz most things like Yeah, so so manufactured metal is not really going to biodegrade even though it kind of rust. And then I guess plastic, it's whenever plastic is plastic, that's when trash 1940s, was. 1950s, yeah. Plastic um, and cardboard. Yeah, I want I want to do that thing where you make nylon by yourself because it's really easy. You can chemically make it at your house. God, did you? Are you guys familiar with the toaster project with the, the guy in Britain who decided he was going to try and make a toaster from scratch? Yes, but I don't believe that it was actually as hard as he claims. Well, 
I don't think I could do it. Having read the paper, he he tried to figure out how he could make plastic and then gave up and was like, fuck it, I'm going to mine plastic from a landfill. Why does he need plastic to make a toaster? He wanted to make... He, so he wanted to make a toaster like the like one that you could buy. Oh, I was going to say, like, if you just want to make a toaster, you just need a machine that, like, heats two grates and then goes like this. No, the, the entire point was to make something that was based on the most basic form of toaster he could buy at a Sainsbury's or something. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Chemist, plastic, this guy really wasn't, the, plastic was invented in, like, the 40s or 50s. This is not like, oh, it's so hard to combine all these technologies. It's hard to think of plastic. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, do we have a listener fact? We have a we have a, we could we could pick one. They're all about Pokemon though. Why is that Listen, a problem? Let's keep cross promoing. Uh, yeah. Um, the first way Nintendo. Sorry, it's from JD. He said the first way Nintendo released Mew to the general public was to invite players to mail in game cartridges. It says they held a competition for 151 players to win a chance by mailing in a postcard and answering trivia. Then those winners were asked to mail in their cartridges. Okay. I'm barely old enough to remember a time when things were like this, but they were. Like, they this sounds were. like a thing that would have... N- Nintendo paid for shipping, but instructed players they needed to have received the Pokedex and have at least one space in their party. Hmm. Like, remember when Nintendo had official tip lines and stuff? Like, this I wish they happen. still had that. I would work for that. I'd quit my job and do that. I can't imagine any of those phone conversations are pleasant. It's only either small children or people who are very angry. I mm. can't I can't find the third instrument in Link's Awakening. Yeah, like people who are mad about that. It's impossible to do. It, it was I get there was like probably a point where everybody called just to get really mad about the Aladdin game. Game. <laughs> This game is bullshit. Apparently, the yeah. game is so hard. Yeah, like all those like Disney movie games were really hard. And, like all those NES, NES games, NES. all the NES games are hard. I don't know yeah. if there mm-hmm. is an easy NES game. There isn't. What do you think here, John? What's your thought here? My thought is yes, honestly, because it's not like there was a way to connect Pokemon Red to the fucking internet. You know, can't be done. Yeah, unless can't they were done. like. Okay, here's a Konami code that you can put in. If you press up, up, down, 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 and do that like 27 times, then Mew will appear. But then everyone knows. Then everyone knows. Yeah. I, like, I just like this idea of like, I can't play Pokemon for two weeks now. I also, do you guys remember how Deoxys was distributed? That's really not that wilder. I don't remember Deoxys. I uh, don't was, remember. I never got one because it was, what I'm about to say is a pain in the ass way of distributing, distributing. what the hell? Distributing something, but uh, you had to bring your game cart to like like participating places or whatever, and there weren't very many. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a similar thing. You just went in person instead of. Huh. You know, this kind of makes me think about the thing I saw the other day that was about how the Navy had to get on a giant call with Pokemon and Niantic to not let wild Pokemon spawn at the bases. <laughs> Why? Because uh, they were wandering into them. Yeah, like they were well that, and they were there were like people on the base on their phones too much. <laughs> so it's like it was this really interesting thing where like Niantic and and like the Pokemon company know where all of the bases are for the Navy, like even the ones you're really not supposed to know about because they had to turn <laughs> it off. 
god. Because it's like if a, if, a, if a fucking Dratini spawns on on the top secret base, dude, someone's gonna find Area Fifty One and meet the goddamn aliens. Well, it's just it. funny to me that like Niantic knows where all of them are because those are just like the dead zones, so they just know where all the bases are for the U.S. God. Army. So, arguably, we would be able to figure out yeah where Pokemon all the black Go. sites are using Pokemon Go. Maybe. Well, I mean, there's probably other things that have it banned too. But I just read today about how the Navy had to do it. Hmm. So they so, were like, "So we we're all yes on this, right?" Yeah. Uh, yes. I'm gonna say yes. You want me to give you the answer now? Let's find out. Dunna, uh, it is true. Yeah, this is nice. '90s Pokemon, and I love it. This is I was very gonna, like, 90s I get it though. There's like no other way to do it. Absolutely not. Well, uh, other than the thing I said, and even that sounds a little involved. Other than Set like, locations. what if Nintendo put like a just a guy in every like every like few a GameStop. physical guy like the Pokemon Center guy? <laughs> no, no, no. Like there's a guy at some GameStop, and you can go there, and he'll just like hack Did your GameStop cartridge real quick. Even exist then? That's a good question. When like when was GameStop founded? GameStop. Uh, when did they begin selling not, me things? If not. It wasn't long after because I was born around when Pokemon Red and Blue came out, and I remember GameStop from a very young age. Yeah, I kind of remember GameStop from a young age. It's a dog shit store, but I remember going there. (laughs) 1984. Wow. What was there to sell? What do you mean, what was there to sell? There were like two consoles that existed. How do you make a store? But a lot of computer games. Oh, you think they sold Mm -hmm. PC games more? Well, actually, I forgot about this. GameStop was was a was Babbage was Babbage's. The hell was Babbage's? You don't know about Babbage's? Did you not ever watch Homestar Runner? They talk about Babbage's Only so much. Only bits and pieces, like pretty. My the the uh, my my main exposure to Babbage's is that one Vine that's like uh, that that Nikki song. It's like I like Babbage's. Oh just, yeah. I always think of it that as like the name that sounds most like another name has already had the emojis substituted into it. Well, I mean, it's just, it's just cabbage with a B emoji at the front. Pretty much, yeah. The limpest vegetable. Dude, you know it's you know it's so funny to see on this Wikipedia article for GameStop. You know, what? like a GameStop will have like a history section for things, and they'll like have headers for them. The stock thing is on there. Well. Yeah, but what I love more than that is there's a section that says that's titled GameStop's successful years. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> 04 to 2016. And that's just like that. Yeah, that's well, that reminds right. me. That reminds me I need to check AMC. See how that's doing. You own an AMC. I bought 38 bucks of AMC for the fuck of it. <laughs> or 30 bucks of AMC on like the day that GME was peaking for the hell we of gotta, it. We got to we got to Ride the stock market to the ham. That's what we gotta do. Wow, John John right now is, is literally showing us the stocks. Oh. I was still looking at the article. What is it? Hey, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's not Here, bad. Wait, John, move, John, put your phone better on the visible part of the camera again so I can take a picture of you showing us the stocks. Stonks. There we go. I like that I got a blurry one. Here you go. You can tweet this one if you want. It's John and his stonks. Well, okay, so. We're part of the Pocket Podcast Network. It's a network of podcasts. Uh, It's got some shows like Green Mountain Mysteries and Sorted. Pokemakers. Pokemakers, yeah. Yeah. They they get pretty involved. Oh, yes. Pokemon stuff. The uh, 
intro and outro music of our show. Oh no, I was clicking something and I opened an application by accident. The intro and outro music of our show is Never Far by James Hunter USA. Uh, you can find it well, that are now gone by New Weirdos. You can find that music anywhere music is sold except for, I guess, in your local vinyl-only record store. It won't be there. Mm. But anywhere else, it'll be there. Uh, a- anywhere online that music anywhere is Anywhere online. Or yeah, at Babbage's. Be at, or at Babbage's. It won't be at Babbage's. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, that that's where you could find that music. It's a good song. There's a lot of other stuff that uh, they've released over the years, and it's all really good. So I recommend checking it out. Uh, the name of my band that John couldn't think of was a fuse. So God damn it! Go see yourself. <laughs> we did that with the whole episode. I was waiting I the whole episode. I forgot. I was waiting the whole episode. I can name a bunch of the songs that That's I love. Right. Oh, there's only five, so if you say a bunch, it's like yeah. <laughs> by which I mean the songs. I yeah. can name the songs. <laughs> um, but yeah, as for uh, this podcast, you know, uh, whatever podcatcher you use uh hit that subscribe button if it has that or follow whatever it's called but um it would be great if you could go to apple music or itunes or whatever it's called these days it probably has a new name now and give us a a review i feel like as podcasters we're at a unique disadvantage in that none of us use iphones yeah i mean that's that's very true i think honestly that all the time that we save on like not dealing with random bits of Apple planned obsolescence probably actually compensates. But mm, that's um, true. But I, I do like to tongue in cheek make fun of iPhones, even though I don't actually care about it. And you're stupid if you do. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't think I would ever get an iPhone, but I do like. Mac. Yeah, like that's what yeah. I mean. It's like yeah. I don't have strong feelings about it, but I don't expect to get one. I, I maybe. I, I know I would never get a Windows laptop ever again. Yeah, you really like that Mac. But I anyway, my Mac. I don't want to get off track into the episode. <laughs> um, I think that's it, though, right? So. All right. So until next time, I'm John. I'm Gabe. I'm Chris. This has been Them's the Facts. Don't believe everything you hear. Good Podcast Network. Quality programming right to the pocket.